taking cough drops. You guys are so good to me. I know I sound terrible. I'm sorry. Y'all endure. I've been popping cough drops all morning, throat lozenges. Thank you. Bless you. I felt the Lord tugging at my heart, um, really just praying in between the services. It, I thought we would go a different direction today, but here we are. John 4, very familiar probably to many of you. I want you to see something here. Start with verse 3. Speaking of Jesus, John 4 and 3, it says, He left Judea and he departed again into Galilee. I want you to notice verse 4. He must, everybody say he must. He must needs go through Samaria. Now, we don't talk like that anymore. That's King James English. But the statement there is there is a need that demanded that he must go that way. There was a need that demanded he must go that way. So if there is a need that's so critical and so important that it demands that the Lord Jesus Christ go somewhere, this must be pretty significant. This must be a pretty important situation, wouldn't you agree? So verse 5, he comes to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey, sat on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away to the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Now, we all just acknowledge this must be a pretty important meeting. But here already, this lady is painting a picture that says, hold on a minute. I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. Jews have no dealings with us. How is it you would even speak to me? But clearly, the need was great enough that Jesus must need go that way. See, sometimes we disqualify people. God forbid. God forbid. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God. If you knew the gift of God. And if you knew who it was that said to you, give me drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. They begin this dialogue. How are you going to draw? You don't have anything to draw with. The well's deep. Are you greater than our father that gave us this well and all this stuff? And Verse 13, he said to her, whoever drinks of the water of this water in the well will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I'll give him shall never thirst, but the water I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He had her attention now. And she says unto him in verse 16, Sir, give me this water. What a beautiful response. She got past Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans, didn't she? She got past, you shouldn't even be talking to me. Go, hold on, what you're talking about, I want. Give me this water. You know, sometimes we disqualify ourselves so quickly from what God offers us. I, I heard Brother Martin, I, I stepped back briefly there, but he was talking about how somebody wants to give us a gift and we don't receive it. 
this woman could have easily disqualified herself and said, I'm a Samaritan. I, you know, that's beautiful that you're offering this, but you still haven't, you've missed the fact of who I am. He didn't miss the fact of who she was. He knew who she was. He went there for her. I know some of you know this story, but bear with me. You've got to see it. This was a real woman. This was a real person, just like you and I, a real person sitting here or standing here this morning. She was as real as you and I. And the scripture tells us that Jesus must needs go through Samaria. And we read this chapter and we understand the only reason he needed to go was her. You mean he would go somewhere out of his way for one person? Absolutely. Absolutely. He would go from where he planned the journey and divert to get to where you are. Absolutely. Somebody hear me. You are not here by some coincidence, but God would go out of his way. Notice he went and he sat down on the well. It's interesting you read, it was about the sixth hour. If you study, you know quickly that the sixth hour is about noon. It's midday. It's the hottest part of the day, or at least the sun's up high, directly overhead. At midday, nobody goes to the well. But watch. Let's read a couple more verses. The woman said, give me water. Jesus said to her, verse 16, Go call your husband and come back or hither. The woman answered and said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said to her, you have said, well, you have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And he whom you now have is not your husband. In that you said truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. What happened in that moment? I really don't believe that the scripture tells us everything that was exchanged between the two in their conversation. But it gave us what we needed to know. Jesus, and it had to be with compassion or she would have shut him off. It wasn't in judgment and accusation, but it was honest and real and reached right into where she was. He reached right to the heart of the matter for that woman. Go get your husband. Don't you, you ever had somebody ask you a question about something? You're like, oh man, couldn't you ask me anything but that? Couldn't we talk about anything but that? Jesus knew. Jesus said, I'm going to reach right to where she is. But watch. So here's this woman. So now you've got this picture and you have, we know the more of the story. So Jesus is sitting on the well at noon, the sixth hour. Nobody comes at noon. People come and draw water at the beginning of the day. All right. People come early in the morning. They draw water to have for the course of their day. The well was a very central place in a community. Because, of course, we all know how vital water is. You ever had your water shut off for a little bit? Maybe they're doing work or, heaven forbid, maybe you didn't pay your bill. You, had your, you realize how precious water is. They started their day at the well. 
it would be a procession that people would go and they no doubt people would probably talk and visit see each other at the well and converse and talk about things but she had no interest in going when everybody else went why because she had had five husbands and the one she was with now was not her husband and so she just didn't want to go out there and show up with all the ladies of Sychar. When you think they weren't human? Why would she go in the middle of the day when everybody else went? She thought, I go by myself. I don't have to deal with people. I can go. I'll just get the water I need. I'll change my pattern. I'll avoid judgmental glances. I'll avoid conversation. I'll avoid interaction. I'll just go get the water I need when I know nobody's there. Can you imagine what it was for her when she came around the corner? I, I don't know if there was a corner, but when she came in eye shot of the well and she's like, oh my goodness, there is a man sitting on the well. I don't know how far out of town it was, but clearly she realized I can't go back without water. It may have passed through her mind, but she's there. I share all of that to say this is the extent that Jesus would go to for one person. For one person. For one person. It was important to him. It was critical to him. He must needs go through Samaria. It wasn't just about, well, this could be convenient. He went and he stops. He sends his disciples to go get something to eat. I think, I don't think, I know he was God manifest in the flesh. He understood if this woman comes and there's 13 men standing around this well, she's turning around. You think the Lord knew that? So you 12 guys, you go into town and get us something to eat. I'm going to sit right here and wait. He knows your frame. He knows my frame. He'd go out of his way because he doesn't look to humiliate people. He looks to heal people. He looks to deliver and set free, but he won't tiptoe around their issues. You see that with this lady. He didn't tiptoe around her stuff. He addressed it in a safe place, but he definitely addressed it. We read the scripture. And so I can say, Jesus, come meet me where I am. And that's good and well, and he will, but he will not leave me as I am. He will address those things in my life that are contrary to his will and word. And so with this woman, he addresses this issue. That's why I don't believe everything's here. We don't need to know all the issues. We just know she had five different husbands and she was now with a man that wasn't her husband. This day and time, nobody thinks about that. I promise you then they thought about that. And we should too in this day and time, just so you know. But he wanted to meet her there. The significance of one single individual to God and the links he would go to for one individual. And you know what we do as people is we hear something like that and we start thinking about other people, but we can't imagine most of us that God would go to such lengths for us. That he would go out of his way. I'm going to Guatemala, as we shared. Let me tell you how, we, how the Lord is getting us there. I'll walk you through a journey that will highlight this very fact of the Lord, how he continues to go out of his way to get to one person. 
it was 12, 13. Well, how long have we been back in Washington? 13 years we've been back? Okay. I know that's crazy, huh? It means we're getting old. Er. So 15 years ago, I went for the first time to Sicily. I was not supposed to go to Sicily. I was supposed to go to Turin in northern Italy near France. I was supposed to visit a friend there. But he convinced me that he had committed to go to Sicily for a conference and that I should go with him while I was there. I, I vehemently argued, I'm coming to see you not to go to Sicily for some conference. But he won. We went. And in Sicily, at this conference that he was supposed to speak at for three days, the only speaking he did was introducing me, and I ended up speaking all three days at this conference. I, I, didn't, I wasn't supposed to be there, or at least it wasn't on my agenda. But God knew that I needed to be there. I was there. I'm, I'm skipping a lot of details because we don't have time, and they're not relevant. I'm there in Sicily. I meet a man named Daniele Giuffrida. Daniele Giuffrida is a minister, a precious man of God. And for the three days that I was there, him and I connected like we'd known each other our whole lives. In those three days, we were so connected, and there was such a flow of ministry between the two of us that the two of us slept five hours those three days. It was just nonstop. Like, we couldn't shut it off, and they were like, it was four in the morning one morning. We're like, we should lay down and go to sleep because they're expecting us to be at this place at nine o'clock. And there was just this flow. Well, I left. I went back home at the time. I lived in Arkansas, as you know. I went back home. A few weeks go by, and I get a, I get a video call from Daniele. And it's one in the morning, his time. And I'm thinking... You know, I'm seven hours earlier for me, but I realized what time, and they were always up late, but so I'm taking the call. He's like, hey, you got a minute? I'm like, yeah. And so he, he's whispering. I'm like, why are we whispering? I'm like, you called me. And here's what he says. He says, there's a man in my room. True story. He says, there's a man in my room. I'm like, this in this terrible. This is my first thought. Dude, I'm in Arkansas. I don't know what you want me to do. Pray. I'll pray. I'll pray. No. But but he goes on. He says, There's a man in my room. It's a Puerto Rican man. I just met him a day or two before. And he's staying with me. His father is a pastor back in the States. But he's never been baptized. He's never been filled with the Spirit. He's just sort of searching at one. But he said he lives in Washington. Don't you know people in Washington? Now remember, I just met this guy less than two weeks before. I'm talking about the extent God would go to. To reach one person. I said, I do know people in Washington. I said, it depends. You know, Washington's a pretty big state. It's bigger than Italy. Uh, Depends on where he lives. He said he lives in a town, I wrote it down, called Federal Way. I'm like, well, that's interesting. I said, I happen to, I happen to serve for 10 years in a church that's 15 minutes from there, which, of course, you all know is Life Church in Puyallup. 
I'm like, yeah, 15 minutes away. I, I know a lot of people in that area. Yeah, we can get them connected. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So uh, long story short, that guy comes home. We get him connected. He's been baptized. He's been filled with the Holy Ghost. God's using him. Many of you know him. His name is Pablo Chan. And so he's still part of the congregation in Puyallup to this day, 15 years later. But watch, but watch. Why would God connect me with a man in Sicily to connect the guy from Washington to the guy in Sicily and then use the two of us to connect him to what? Wouldn't it have been easier to just have him cross somebody's path along the way in Washington since he was only 15 minutes away? Well, sure it would have in our human understanding. But see, here's the thing about God. God knows the condition of a heart. And God knows the circumstances of one's life. And God knows where and when to show up. He knew to show up at the well. I must needs go. His must needs go was not just about the woman. It was about the timing in the woman's life. I've got to go now. Because where she is right now, some of you where you are right now, the Spirit of God is saying, I'm showing up just because I know where you are right now. And you may not have listened to me a week ago or a month ago or a year ago, but maybe, just maybe, I have your attention now. Maybe after her second husband, she thought, I'll listen. But time happened, circumstances happened, and she had a third and then a fourth. And then a, and we don't know all the story there. We don't need to. But now she... Whatever, she's now living with somebody that's not even her husband. And maybe she's done with having husbands. And I, I don't know. But something in her heart and in her life was conditioned. And the timing was such that God knew, I have to go now. I have to go now. When I felt the Lord begin dealing with me about this, it was so different than where I thought we were going to go in the Word today. I felt the Lord like saying, I have to go now. It's the care of God for a single soul. It's the care of God for a single life. In history, when we get to heaven, eternity, not history, eternity will only tell us the history of how her life impacted Sychar. We don't know. But she went back to the city, and she got everybody. She brought the whole city out to him and says, said, come see the man that told me everything I ever did. He so impacted her life that she's like, you got to come meet this Jesus. Timing with God. Now watch. Pablo. You guys are like, we were in Sicily in Washington. How'd that get to Guatemala? Watch. 20-something years ago. I always get in trouble with dates. That's why I something. I've been married 31 years, so probably about 25 to 28 years ago. In that range, I met a man in Missouri. I felt like I should bring people up here so you could tell this is the Missouri person. This is the Sicily person. This is it. like I lost track. God didn't lose track. I met a man in Missouri. His name was Pablo Vicente. Right? Pablo. Something going on with these Pablos. I. Uh, you know, Pablo means Paul. Of course, you guys know that. Right? So, I meet Pablo Vicente. Pablo Vicente is from Guatemala. And Pablo Vicente was just a young man. And 
he decided to get from Guatemala to the U.S. And on the way, he met a man named Arturo. And him and Arturo is from Mexico. And so Pablo and Arturo made their way into the U.S. And they made it to this little bitty small town. Like, I mean, small town. Okay, like it just got an Applebee's like a few years ago. And that was like the holy grail of restaurants coming to this little small town. I mean, it's a small town. And so, but he, he and Arturo and Pablo end up there. This Guatemalan and this Mexican made their way there. And lo and behold, my pastor at the time, well, not at the time, but he had been my pastor before. I was not living there anymore. But my pastor who did construction in that area, he met Pablo and Arturo. He put them to work. And he began to work with them, to walk them through the immigration process, to get their paperwork in order, to get them so, so they didn't have to fear or worry about, am I going to be able to say, am I going to get deported, whatever. He worked all that. They did all of that. Became permanent residents in the United States. They married these two twin girls. Pablo and Arturo did. Yeah. Bethany and I forget the other. Charity, thank you. Married these two twin girls. God... They got baptized. God filled them with the Holy Ghost. Arturo, they started telling everybody they knew in that small town. They started finding and reaching to anybody and everybody they could that they thought might speak Spanish because their English was hit and miss. It got better. They're good. Arturo today is still there in that small town. Arturo's pastoring a Spanish work there. 120 to 180 people less I heard maybe more than that now it's been a few years but Pablo after he'd been in the states for many years him and his wife had some kids built a home you know had a home built a life here working doing well thankful for the the American dream if you will God began to tug at Pablo Vicente's heart that he needed to go back to Guatemala where he was from because he feared if he didn't go back into the mountains of Guatemala where he was from, they would never hear the gospel that he had heard and been born again of water and of spirit. It was a sacrifice. He knew what he was giving up. And so Pablo went back to Aguacatan, Guatemala. But watch. You're going, oh, that's how. No, no, it's not. Watch. So Pablo's back there. He's been there at this point almost 10 years. He's been back there almost 10 years. Pablo, Guatemala Pablo. God's reaching for a person. You got to have faith that God will do whatever he has to do to reach somebody whether he's doing it to reach you right now and he's trying to express to you how much he cares about you or whether there is a loved one that you're praying for, God will do whatever he has to do to reach them. If you'll pray in faith, speak in faith, reach in faith. So he'd been there a little less than 10 years. I don't know how long during that 10 years, but, but what happens is there's a lady in the town of Aguacatan She's got sons. She comes to church. Pablo meets her, baptizes her in Jesus' name. She receives the gift of the Holy Ghost. She's excited. Her sons, who live in the United States, come and visit her. 
God touches their hearts. They go back home. They reach back and they say to Pablo in Guatemala, Pablo, there's just not a church here like that where something's different the way we feel the presence and the power of God. We're looking, we're searching. Can you get us directed somewhere? You know where her sons live? Bellingham, Washington. Three sons. Pablo says, I know somebody from years ago that I think lives in Washington now. Let me see if I can get a hold of him. He tracks me down. He called. I'm like, what in the world? He's like, aren't you in Washington? I am. He said, there's a family in Bellingham. He said, is that close? I said, well, it's four hours, but it's closer than you are. I'll go. I'll go to Bellingham. And so for a year, my wife and I, or some of you who made the trip with me at times, went back and forth to Bellingham and planted a church there. And I was there and preached the five-year anniversary just a few last summer. There were probably almost 80 people, all Guatemalan, in Bellingham, Washington. But watch, you guys are going, but what about the Pablo in Sicily that's from Puerto Rico? I don't speak Spanish, but he does. Most of the trips that I made to Bellingham, Pablo Chan, the one that connected in Sicily, that then got connected in Puyallup, he would meet me in Bellingham, and he would translate, and he would minister in Spanish alongside me there for that year. Coincidence, I think not. But God ordering the steps of people seeking to get where someone is to reach a person. And so, this week I go to Guatemala having no idea what to expect. But simply knowing that God is sending. And you have to have a confidence. God is sending you every day. Every day, every day, when you get up in the morning, you spend time with him and you get up and go to the workplace. You got to get it in your spirit. You have to understand God's sending me today. I don't know. I need a sensitivity that comes from the spirit of God in me that just like he did, I have an awareness. I must needs go sit down in the break room right now. I must needs agree to go out and grab a cup of coffee with this coworker today. See, we want to take this and remove it from real life. It's real life. This is still the heart of God. But here's the thing. We know the Lord Jesus Christ manifest in the flesh here is no longer walking the earth. We know we are the body of Christ. And so therefore, you and I must develop and be keen through a place of prayer, a sensitivity that says, today, today, I must needs go this way. I don't know why, but today I'm going to go there and I'm going to stop and get gas at that station. I don't know why, but today, and you don't always have to explain it. I've had two people today, watch this. I've had two people today come to me and say, I had this thought come to me and I passed on it. But they got greater understanding already today of what God was dealing with them about. And they were like, one person even said to me, I need to repent. I missed that opportunity. I thought it and then I didn't do it. And then this was said, now I know. This pattern of what Jesus will do, it's what he'll do to reach to one, but it's how he'll use us to reach to one.
I thank God for mass crusades and mass revivals. But Jesus oftentimes went and met one. He met Nicodemus at night. Nicodemus found him at night one-on-one. -on -one. He met the woman at the well one-on-one. -on -one. He met so many people were just, he went to Simon's house and the woman came and washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. And he turned and spoke to her one-on-one. -on -one. He was aware of the opening of the moment. I'm telling you, for some of you, there's an opening. The Spirit of God is trying to let you know that you are that valuable to Him. You are that valuable to Him. You're not a bother. You're not trouble to Him. He's not troubled that He would pause for you. It's the heartbeat of God to get to where you are. It's the desire of God to get to where you are. It's the compassion of God to get to where you are. You stand with me this morning, please. He's not troubled by you. He's not bothered by you. Stop believing the lie of the adversary. He cares so desperately about you, your situation. He wants to do the same thing for every soul that he did for that woman at the well that he offered to her. If you ask of me. I will give you living water. It will be in your belly springing up and you'll never thirst again. We find in another place that he said that it would be a river spring rivers springing up. And the scripture is very clear. It says this spake he of the Holy Ghost. So we know this river of life, these rivers of life. Why would he give us his spirit? That would be a river springing up. I'll tell you why. Because you're going to go to work tomorrow. And I'm going to go to work tomorrow. And I'm going to pass somebody. I'm going to have to have a sensitivity to recognize today's the day. Frida, they may pass by the coffee shop. In just one moment, you have a word to say. Say it. Speak it. I don't know what they'll think. I don't know either, but I bet be obedient to the voice of God and let the river flow. I need to be as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Yes, but I've got to let the rivers flow. There are thirsty people. And he went out of his way to get to a thirsty person. And it's his example to you and I to walk accordingly. I can get so busy. So distracted, so caught up. There's a thirsty soul. Many of you, you know, these last 16 days, we've gone on this media fast. I've loved the testimonies I've been hearing about it. It's been powerful. I heard another one yesterday morning. We'll probably have people share them or something. But the power of just not even right and wrong of just going, you know what? I'm cutting off all this noise for a couple of weeks. I'm cutting out the social media, the entertainment media, the sports media, just a media fast for those 16 days. What happens? I'll tell you what happens. There becomes a greater sensitivity to the woman at the well. I don't have all this other noise. I'm not competing for the next thing. I'm not... 
I'm not scrolling aimlessly, reading stuff that really has no merit or value. I'm not saying all of it doesn't, but you know what I mean. I'm not just spending all this time looking at pictures and searching stuff and watching mindless videos for a chuckle. I'm, again, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just talking about clearing my mind so I'm not distracted and I have a sensitivity to the Spirit of God. And I've witnessed that these last 16 days and heard these boys, heard the different testimonies from some of you about how this has changed. Some have even said to me, my wife and I talk over dinner. We didn't even hardly do that before. Not that there was something wrong. That it's just easy to get caught up with all the media stuff. I had one say to me, I deleted YouTube off of my phone. I don't know if I even, again, not preaching against YouTube. We broadcast on YouTube so people can watch online when they can't be here. But they said I deleted it off my phone and they made this statement to me. I don't know if I want to put it back. This is what they said the Lord dealt with them about. So beautiful to me. They said the Lord dealt with me. And I was reading in the scripture how Moses went to the mountaintop. And on the mountaintop, Moses was before the Lord. And the people of Israel that God had brought out, they made a golden cap and started dancing around it and worshiping it. They were, the scripture tells us they were dancing naked around this calf saying, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. I'm like, so the Lord took you there after this media fast. He said, the Lord dealt with me about how quickly they turned back to idols after they'd been brought out. And he said, I felt the Lord dealing with me about, I don't know that I can just put you to back. I don't want to just turn back to everything so quickly. Why? I'll tell you why. We got to be sensitive to those that are thirsty. We got to be sensitive to the woman at the well. He was our example. And I promise you, Yakima County is full, proverbially speaking, of women at the well. Or Nicodemus at night. He's wanting to reach. And he will reach through you and I. But we must open our mouth. Can you imagine if she showed up and Jesus didn't even talk? Because she's a Samaritan and he was a Jew. Ah, it was against social norms for him to speak to her. But he broke through the social norm because he recognized the need of the hour. Sometimes we bite our tongue when the Spirit of God is dealing with us because, well, it's not really a social norm. To We need to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. But we must speak. We must speak. Would you talk to the Lord right now where you are? Come on, talk to Him. He didn't reach to you just so you and I could come and fill a spot on a pew. God forbid. And we're not going to get anybody and everybody to come to a building. But we must go to where they are. We must go to where they are. But if you're here, you're questioning your worth. I would that you would recognize the extent God would go to to reach you today. Come on, talk to Him. Receive of Him today. Receive of Him. In the name of Jesus, we receive of you, Father. We receive.